0: Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malales, CCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is Jasmine Johnson, Vice President of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at ICSE. Jasmine has a wonderful story to tell of shaping the retail industry and the challenges that go with it. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Hi, Jasmine, how are you today? I'm good, Veronica, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. It's kind of cold in Florida and I'm sure it's quite cold over in your area in Washington, DC, but I am just so happy that you are here with me today and that you've graced our podcast. So thank you very much. I wanted to get started and just ask you about your story. How you grew up in your environment and how you got to where you are today so please tell us jasmine
1: well veronica before i get started i really just want to thank you for the opportunity to to be a part of your podcast i think the work that you're doing is so important and i'm, I'm really honored to be here but to jump into my story i was raised by a single mother my mother worked three jobs to ensure um, that i was able to, to go to college and to graduate and from a very young age She taught us about the importance of of college education. I remember being 10 years old, and at that time you had to um, read through a book to learn about all of the colleges and universities that were out there. And I would read through the books and I would circle all of the universities that excited me for reasons I can't tell you now. Mm -hmm. Um, But from a very early age, I knew that in order for me to have a different experience than my mom, I had to go to college. And what I was supposed to do in college, I had no idea. I just knew I had to go and graduate. I am the first person in my immediate family to go to college as a, a traditional student. Um, so internships and building relationships with professors and networking, that was all new to me. And I was fortunate enough to connect with people on campus. Well I, I should take a step back and say before I applied to college. I did a lot of research about universities in the New York area. And I went to a predominantly white high school. We had no guidance counselors or teachers that looked like me. And during my junior year, the school hired a Black guidance counselor. And within two weeks of him being hired, he invited me and my friends to attend a HBCU bus tour. And he's like, you have to go.
0: Right. Historically, Black colleges college and universities. University. Yes. I'm Wonderful. sorry. Yeah. And
1: since you have to go, this will this will change your life. It will change your perspective. And uh, I went to my mother and it was $500. I had have no idea to this day how she came up with the money for me to go, but she did. And it did. It changed my life. It opened my, my eyes. I think for the first time in my life, I saw spaces that were created just for me. I felt celebrated. I felt like I was a part of a legacy and I knew that that is the experience that I wanted to to move forward with and I wanted to contribute to that legacy. So I applied to several HBCUs and and some schools in New York as well. But I ultimately decided to go to North Carolina A&T State University. And on that campus, immediately I felt like I was wrapped to a blanket of support I just had whether it was someone helping me find a job on campus, or someone explaining the importance of internships and how I can present myself in a way to be competitive. Or it was a professor that sent me to conferences all along the East Coast to really help me understand the role that I can play in in this world, in this big world of advocacy. And it all made a difference and it all contributed to, to where I am today. I graduated from North Carolina A&T with a bachelor's in communications and I was hired for a job at a civil rights PR firm. And this was maybe a year after Katrina struck. So a lot of my focus was advocating on behalf of the residents of New Orleans. And it was also spent uh, working with other, uh, other organizations that really supported the advancement of underrepresented people across the country. And it really shaped, I think, that experience shaped who I am and, and my passion about being being supportive and helping people, helping the
0: underserved,
1: wherever that is. And it led me to where I am today.
0: Wow, that's a pretty amazing story. I love that. I love how this experience of working with someone who opened your eyes to a different world just really shaped your life. So you talked about where you are today. Talk a little bit about your role in ICSC, which used to be called the International Council of Shopping Centers. And you can enlighten us with its new name. I know that the acronym now represents something else. But tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah,
1: so I actually started with ICSC back in, in 2015. And I started out supporting our P3 retail program, our public-private partnership program, And that was really my first time being exposed to retail real estate. Actually, when I applied for the job, I had no idea what I was applying to. But one thing I did understand is um, thinking back to the community I was raised in and the communities that I had touched in previous roles, I understood the importance of retail and communities and the disparities that came along when retail was not present. Uh, so I knew that and I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to understand it. So I started out managing our P3 retail program. I think it was one of our first events I attended. And I walked in a room and for the first time in a long time, I was the only one. Mm. The only woman of color in the room. And I remember calling my supervisor at the time and saying, this is different. And she says, yeah, I know. We've come a long way. And in that moment, I knew that I wanted to be a part of that change as well. And if I may ask, what year was that? So I started with ICSC in, in 2015. Yeah, 2015. And a lot of progress had been made at that point. There were, from what my supervisor explained, she had you know seen more women come through the ranks and, and serve in volunteer le- leadership roles. But she was well aware that we had more work to do And anytime there was an opportunity for me to assist in that way, she she allowed it. So I remember in 2016, I had the privilege of planning our diversity reception in Las Vegas, which has grown uh, tremendously over the years. And in 2017, I was asked to step into the role as ICSC's very first person to focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We had never had someone focused solely on on this work. We've done a lot of, they, they, ICSC was doing a lot of work in this space. We supported programs like Project REAP. We supported uh, different uh, programs through our foundation, but this is the first time we had someone solely focused on this work. And the role at the time was manager of partners and diversity and inclusion. And I was like, well, what does that mean? What are, what are we going to do with this? And it really was designed to bring our members together to help inform ICSC as well as each other on how we can move the needle together, Uh, because that's what it's going to take to make a difference in this industry. We're we're really going to have to band together and do the hard work. So that was the idea behind the position, and over the years it has grown. So I'm currently uh, the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for ICSC. I oversee all of our external DEI initiatives, including our partner work. So we've engaged with a number of different organizations to continue to uh, expand our reach and create opportunities for their members to be a part of what we're doing at conferences, webinars, and through our foundation work, and also I uh, oversee our internship program, especially the Launch Academy, and that is designed to support historically underrepresented young people that are coming into our industry. And then we have a supply diversity initiative as well.
0: Wow, that's important work, Jasmine. So congratulations on all of the efforts that I've personally seen that you have contributed to your organization. And of course, to all that have been impacted by your work. Now I wanna ask you about challenge. Was there a, one challenge that came to mind that you wanna talk about and how you overcame that challenge?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question because uh, I think anyone in a DDR. Uh, work will tell you there are many challenges that we face every day. But I think the biggest challenge is most people understand the purpose of DEI initiatives. I think there's this perception that DEI initiatives are focused on removing all white males from the industry and replacing them with marginalized or underrepresented groups like women and people of color. And that's, that's just not the case. Our goal, our, our focus at ICSC is really creating a space where all people can thrive, where all people are recognized for the contributions they make to our industry. It's also important for us, in order to do that work, we have to address some inequities that are prevalent in our industry. And we have to create initiatives and and programs to mitigate some of those equities. So that's a challenge. And it continues to be a challenge even now with the, the environment that we're in now, where DEI is really being challenged. But, you know, I think my goal is to change the narrative around DEI initiatives and who they serve. It really serves all people. When all people have access to our industry, to jobs in our industry, it makes us better. It makes us stronger. And I mean, it's, it's just the way that we have to, to be in order to move our industry forward.
0: Wow. Again, that is definitely a challenge that's not only personal for you in your role, but it is a challenge that needs to be overcome in our own culture, all over our industry and in our country, to be honest. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. I wanted to ask you also, if there was one thing that comes to mind that you're most proud of as far as the impact that you yourself personally have been able to make on either your organization or others, what would that be?
1: Yeah, so back in 2020, height of the pandemic, our CEO came to us and said, we need to support our members. We need to figure out their pain points and we need to create programs, initiatives, whatever they need to, to to respond to some of the challenges that they're facing. And talent was an issue. More specifically, diverse talent was an issue. And I had the opportunity to create a program, which we call Launch Academy. I mentioned earlier. Uh, to support our members in connecting with young talent, young debbers or historically underrepresented talent who just had an interest in the industry. They may not have studied real estate. They may not be in a real estate program or even a finance program, but they have an interest they want to learn. And we developed this program and it it provides students with um, education about our industry. So it's an introduction to retail real estate. It also provides them with grant assistance for relocation, So students can apply and receive up to twenty five hundred dollars in relocation assistance to intern with one of our companies. And it provides them with the experience. Right. That is so important when you're trying to navigate your way through this this industry and a network. That's the other thing that's really important. So we bring other uh, professionals historically who come from. We bring professionals who uh, come from historically underrepresented grounds together to network with the students and share their journey and really inspire them. Uh, to to pursue this industry. It's an amazing industry with a lot of opportunity. And I'm proud of the program because, like I said, we launched in 2020. Our first program, our first cohort uh, was the summer of 2021. And we're really starting to see the impact of the program because students who entered the program as philosophy majors and English majors they're now sitting in full time positions with some of our most prominent companies students who have no idea what retail real estate was they are they are filling roles and and excited about the industry and and emailing how can i give back how can i support the next group of students coming through the program and that i think it it it, it makes a difference It's what motivates me to continue to do the work and and you know have the hard conversations about dei and and why these initiatives are so important it's when you when you get to connect with students who really benefited from the program and made the most of it it's not just us pouring into them it's what they've given to the program as well
0: wow that's that's really amazing to hear and it's really quite something when you hear about the passion of someone like you, yourself and how that's impacted so many and most especially the younger generation so Thank you for all the work that you've done. Let me ask you, Jasmine, if there was one piece of advice that you would give to our audience, what would that be? Um, I would say you're enough.
1: I think preparing for this interview, I questioned whether or not I should be featured on this podcast. And I've heard some of your other uh, interviews and you've interviewed some dynamic women. And I'm like, how do I measure up? What do I say? But me just being who I am, is enough. And I would say the same to all the women, um, and, and allies that are listening to this, this podcast, you're enough. Um, and you can make a difference just as you are. We all are special and bring something unique to the table and we need to let that shine.
0: I love that Jasmine. I totally, totally love what you just said. So thank you. It's great piece of advice. So we've actually come to the portion of our interview where I get to hand over the mic to you and you have prepared a question for me. So please go ahead and ask. Yes, okay. So Veronica,
1: have you ever experienced pressure to conform to a certain expectation or norms in your professional role, particularly this idea of playing the game for success? And if so, how have you navigated the pressure while staying true to your authentic self?
0: What a great question. And I'm sure that the younger folks who are listening have probably asked themselves that same question. I remember when I just started volunteering at some real high-level boards, I thought to myself, well, I better play it safe because I don't want to be kicked out or I don't want to be criticized or I don't want to be the you know, the one that that ruffles feathers. But then I found out that when I was true to myself and contributed, so I focused on my contribution rather than the stigma of being new at the table. And I always told myself, you know what, they invited me here for a reason. And if I just shut up and don't say anything and conformed and also agreed with everybody, I'm wasting my time and I'm certainly wasting theirs. So I think it's important that you have a mindset that you are enough. And I love that, Jasmine, I'm going to coin that, because there is a reason why you got invited. Somebody opened the door for you. They want your ideas. They certainly know that you are enough. And so I've made it sort of my own mantra mantra where I would make sure that I'm well-prepared when I'm in a group with very high-powered individuals and make sure that I come across as someone who's willing to contribute and to show actually my talent and not really worry too much about what they thought of me. Because again, I have to remind myself that there's a reason why I got invited at the table. So I hope that that actually would help others who are listening today uh, to make sure that as I tie in your advice, you are enough and it's okay not to conform, but always be a contributor because they will appreciate that. So thank you for the question, Jasmine. And thank you for spending the time with me today. I think you're just a wonderful, wonderful individual. And I do appreciate the, the opportunity to really get to know you through ICSC. I want to thank you for the doors that you've opened for me. I think you're just a big gem and ICSC is lucky to have you. So do you have some parting words perhaps for our audience today? I just, I want to thank you again. This is a real
1: privilege to be here. Uh, If there's anyone who's interested in, in getting more involved with the work that we're doing at ICSC, and that can be in the form of serving as a mentor or being a mentee. Uh, We have so many different opportunities. Please feel free to contact me. My email address is jjohnson at ICSC.com. Veronica, thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: No, thank you. Have a great, great week, Jasmine, and I will see you soon.
1: See you soon.